Yeah, we can see it in, you know, in config maps, in cron, in cron jobs, in daemon sets, in deployment, like all around, okay? It's not just specifically on one specific YAML file. So I can say, hi, okay, be aware of this specific file, configuration file that, I don't know, on the cron job, but it's across. So again, be aware, it's something that we're saying all the time, but not always we're implementing what we're saying, right? So um, we should. Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. Welcome back, everyone, to the DevSec for Scale podcast. I'm Jeremy Hess, head of developer relations at Aquiles. Uh, today with me is a really great guest, Rotem Rafael. She is director of engineering at Armo. Armo is a really cool uh, Kubernetes security company here in Tel Aviv. And Rotem, it's really great to have you on the show. Before we get started with you and a little bit more about the work that you're doing today, let's get straight into some of the research. So I know that Armo did some cool research into scanning public repos, and they found a lot, and we're talking today about misconfigurations in clusters. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the research. Can you give us some numbers and some information about you know, how that research was done and, and what you came up with? Sure, Jeremy, it's great to, to be here. Um, well, we we gather like the R&D, um, few, few team members from the R&D, and we kind of uh, set on our, our on our data. We, we scan, a, I think, tens of thousands of clusters. And we took kind of a 10,000 clusters and we just um, made some models on that in order to get a real result uh, for what the, those which misconfiguration uh, we have in those clusters, the main thing. Okay, so we came out with with you know one hundred uh, percent of the clusters have misconfigurations. Okay, so um, I'm not sure that's um, shocking. <laughs> Uh, everyone here, but uh, it's a thing, okay? It's a thing. And if we're getting like deep dive, um, we can see that 65% uh, um, of the clusters missing resource policy. Um, they have immutable um, container file system, like around 70% of uh, the ingress and egress is um, are not blocked. Okay, the, the, there is a direct route. Um, so there are some main, uh, in, there is some main impact um, about, about the cluster when you're having this misconfiguration, those misconfigurations. And we did it just for 10,000 clusters. Okay, it's, those are big numbers that we're talking about. Absolutely. So yeah, so we're going to get into a little bit more uh, of the types of misconfigurations that you're dealing with on a regular basis. We know that there are tens, if not hundreds potentially of possible misconfigurations, but we're gonna get into just a few because we have a limited amount of time. Uh, and so before we get a little bit more into those misconfigurations, let's talk a little bit about you. Rotem, can you give us some background on yourself and a little bit about what you're doing today? Of course, um, I have around 12, 13 uh, years of experience um, in development, I came from Java development, and in the past five years, um, I got into DevOps and infrastructure, um, you know, 
uh, the, the ecosystem that we are, we are in now. And um, I'm a mother of two kids. Today, I'm director of engineering Armo. Um, Armo is, um, is a company that uh, was founded in uh, 2019. Um, and we're now building an open source named uh, Cubescape uh, Open Source Security tools. It's made for developers, for DevOps, okay? We know what uh, DevOps and developers need regarding the security aspect. And that's what we're doing uh, today. We well, welcome everyone to get into and contribute. Okay, it's an open source uh, and we're into it so hard. Um, yeah, that's basically all, that's me. Great, github.com slash probably Coopscape. But what we're gonna do is we'll link to the research uh, that was done and we'll also link to the repo for Coopscape so that uh, any developers that aren't yet familiar with it can have a look at it and can also contribute. So. Uh, that's always uh, great to have open source. We're big proponents, big fans. So getting into some of the meat of the podcast, we talked. you mentioned that one of the things in the research that was done um, found that quite a lot of issues are happening on the networking side, especially in terms of exposing workloads. So can you explain a little more in detail about what that looks like and, and how that happens? Um, basically, we have the network uh, policy control um, that, that makes the connection between the, the pod and the namespace um, and external IP. And like by default, there, there isn't one, okay? And when network policies um, don't have their ingress or egress definition, then we're exposed. Okay, we're exposed to the outer uh, world. And, and that's one of, you know, it's a basic thing, but again, it's one of the major uh, configuration, uh, misconfigurations that we were having and, and we saw in, uh, in what I, I, you know, I've mentioned previously. Um, again, it's a small section in the network policy uh, YAML file that should, you know, that we're looking for and we understand that it's not there. Um, again, the only remediation is to add that to the, to the YAML file. Um, so, so yeah, basically that's, that's a enormous one, but it's very simple to add it. It's interesting. It seems like there should probably be some sort of method that we could use to basically memorize or have it written down in front of us at least sort of a, a list that just says, here are the different types of issues with networking. Here are the different issues that come with, you know, application, um, uh, you know, when you're pushing something to production, things like that. And this seems like one of those that could probably be pretty easily fixed if you just had a really good method for doing that. Do you, is that something that you do uh, yourself? Um, we are splitting currently our um, our product to frameworks because you know all of us wants to be compliance to someone, okay, to the NSA, to the MITRE, but we also have our own platform that what we think is the most important um, keys, and we're calling it controls or tests 
that we should operate. So, so Armo Best, we are calling it Armo Best Framework. Okay, so there we're putting, you know, the most really important thing that um, we understand that user just misses. Okay, they're just missing. It's not something, you know, uh, it's not harmless, but but they're missing it. Um, so we've put all the controls there, and when you're scanning this specific framework, you can just get a list of exactly where it stands and it what relates to. Okay, and also, okay, another another nice feature that we're adding is you can custom your framework. You can call, um, let's say, network framework, development framework, application framework. Okay, and then you know each stakeholder can run that and and get his results and don't mess, you know, with other things that I couldn't care less or note nothing about. So um, this one is a great solution, okay, for that kind of uh, problem you raised. Yeah, great. Yeah, I accidentally got into uh, uh, somewhat of a sales pitch and I didn't even realize I was doing that. So- I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's great. There's nothing to be sorry about. It's great, it's great that there is such a thing because actually, you know, when I thought about it, I didn't have anything in mind that there was necessarily such a thing to begin with, but obviously if you run something like uh, what Armo offers, then you are going to get a list back. And obviously you want to run it in development. You don't want to run it in production. You probably want to run it in production exactly. just in case, but, <laughs> but definitely. No, but you know, there is, there is even more than that. Okay. You're, you're creating different environments, right? where developers are testing things, okay? So I don't want to, you know, to block them in their development environment. I do want to block that in the production environment. So you can create some kind of, uh, I don't know, the dev framework and production framework, okay? And run different uh, controls here and there. Again, okay, we're giving all those controls um, to run in production. We do think it's very, very important to run, but you have the severities. Okay, so you can you can manage and see what's you know most important, and if you want you know to play, let's say again limits. Okay, uh, you want to play the limits uh, in the development. You, you want it to be I don't know five hundred giga, and in production you want it to be uh, I don't know one tier. Okay, so so it is it stands there. Yeah, really cool. Okay, yeah. So let's continue on to some more um, issues that we find. Uh, and obviously, one of the big ones, which I, I, when I speak to guests of the show off camera or off mic, uh, we talk sometimes about how security and credentials specifically is one of those things that's talked about. It seems like a lot, but it also isn't always kept under control. It's kind of almost a second thought. So what are some of the application credential issues that you're seeing on a regular basis and what are the remediations for that? Well, we do see in several YAML files, okay, um, that, you know, developers are, in, you know, interesting the secret uh, specifically um, in the YAMLs. And, you know, in, in, in some cases it's okay, but, you know, production it's not. Then uh, we're looking for sensitive values for specific keywords, uh, for naming, for, um, sensitive keys that are allowed, okay? Because there are some keys that we might see a key name, okay? But it says, that one is okay, leave it there. Um, so we have the one that you want to remove and we have the one that you want to let. So 
So that's basically it. We do see, okay, secrets in the YAML files. It's not something that is abandoned or people, you know, knows about. Okay, this is very familiar, you know, across across the industry, right? Don't put your sensitive information, ta 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 ta. Um, but yeah, <laughs> still, still is okay. Um, and they want to avoid that. Um, of course, if someone access to one of those configurations file, okay, with a secret key, uh, with with a, you know hard coded secret, then he can you know get inside our cluster and do meaningful things there. So, yeah. So beware and definitely uh, try to oh, use envi environment definitely. variables at, environment variables at a minimum. Yeah, I, we can see it in, you know, in config maps, in cron, in cron jobs, in daemon sets, in deployment, like all around, okay? It's not just specifically on one specific YAML file. So I can say, hi, okay, be aware of this specific file, configuration file that, I don't know, on the cron job, but it's across. So again, be aware. It's something that we're saying all the time, but not always we're implementing what we're saying, right? So um, we should. Absolutely. So uh, the next uh, misconfiguration type of issue with Kubernetes clusters, and I guess clusters of any type of containers, really, um, is an issue with the versioning of the operating system they're using. And obviously, most of us are using Linux. Um, so what are you seeing uh, many users do in terms of just the operating system that they're using um, on their clusters? Well, we see it in, in many deployments, um, but the SC Linux is not enabled, okay? It's, it's um, again, we're talking here about simple misconfigurations, okay? It seems simple um, just, you know, to enable SC Linux dot enable, that's it. Um, but again, I, I know it can, you know, it can reflect on other things, okay? It's not, it's easy as it sounds. I know, you know, when you're enabling that, you can be blocked in uh, various of, uh, of other things and other deployments, et cetera. But again, that, that one is really important, okay? You're getting all the, um, all the updates. You're getting the hardening as Linux wants. And when you are running the containers, then of course we know that the operating system is inside. So again, it's very hard to keep that in mind, uh, although, uh, maybe it's not coming built in the deployments that we're getting from all around. Okay, it's not part of the ham chart that you know that you are spreading and and get the deployments. And you you know I'm getting the ham chart. All good. Okay, that that's their blame to do. Uh, no. Okay. Well, the this blame is uh, way in in some cases. Um, and if we have a solution, why not to use that? Right. Absolutely. Is yeah. there is there is there a way that I guess this is a question for Armo in terms of a product? Is this a, a way that when uh, when the information is or when let's say infrastructure is being built, when application is being uh, created and, and pushed into dev and things like that, is this Armo already there scanning everything before it's even deployed? Let's say into dev. Yeah, um, in several ways. Okay, it coming uh, first from the code, okay? We have several of, we have a plugin, okay? Just, I'm talking QFT, but 
there are much in the industry. Um, there is a plugin for Visual Studio Code, okay, that says, okay, you're missing that and that and that when you're compiling the code, okay? And like the next one is you can also scan your repository, okay? Not, you know, going on to the, to the cluster in production in runtime and then check it. You can check it one step before, you know, shifting left. We're talking about shifting left all the time. Then you can shift left and check that in the repo, okay? In the, in the Git repo that you're scanning and see, oh, okay, here, I, I'm scanning my Helm repo. Okay, let's say that. I'm scanning, I'm scanning my uh, YAML files repo, deployment repo, or however uh, people are storing their, their YAML files. Um, you can just scan that and understand what are you missing, okay? Which misconfigurations are there uh, very simply. And also you can, again, if you're moving a step, you know, ahead, going to the pipeline, okay? You can also, you know, define a threshold, okay? Saying, okay, that one, if you're passing, let's say, rescore of, uh, I don't know, 20, okay, stop the pipe, okay? Don't move on. Um, so those, those three are kind of, um, you know, um, complete themselves and completing the, the whole solution when the end is the you know, production and dev environment uh, with runtime. So, yeah. Right. All right, awesome. Uh, and so one of the, let's say the last misconfiguration I think we'll, we'll talk about today for this podcast, at least this episode, um, is the cluster admin binding issues. What are, what are some of those issues with um, access that, that you're coming across and seeing that are uh, make things vulnerable uh, within Kubernetes clusters and uh, how to remediate that? Well, um, I think most of us know that um, role-based access control, the RBAC, okay, that we all know in that world, in that world is, um, is mandatory. Okay, when coming to Kubernetes, um, not all, you know, not everyone is operating it. But again, this one is mandatory. But let's say that, okay, we have the RBAC, but, okay, we're having uh, the cluster admin role, okay, and gives this role to, you know, binds that to a lot of, a lot of users, okay, then... Okay, what we've done. It's like, you know, uh, permission mechanism, kinda. Um, so we can see, okay, with this test, who has this role? Who has this admin role in our cluster? Okay, let's say I have that. Why is that? Let's say I just install uh, Prometheus, okay? For example, Prometheus have, you know, it had to have this role. So I know, but you know, I'm familiar with that. Okay, so I can exclude that that uh, that test from from my scan, and um, and continue as usual. But you know, we need to be aware who has that role, um, you know, inside the cluster. So again, RBAC is very very important. Okay, and we need to go and see the role and role binding. Okay, what's connected to what. Um, of course, when it comes to the admin privilege. And then what about when it comes to the applications itself, right? I mean, because you have the RBAC on the Kubernetes level, but then you also have it within the pod, within the applications that are being used. Is there anything there that, uh, that could be, you know, used against a company in terms of, you know, an attacker or hack, something like that? Well, again, it's a role 
case of Kubernetes role, you don't, again, it depends on, on the application, okay? But um, my recommendation is if you don't must, you know, the cluster admin role is, is very powerful one. So I don't wanna give it to anyone, okay? I want to uh, cherry pick. I want to cherry pick my, uh, my roles in the, in the cluster and create new ones if I need to. Okay, create new role, new role binding um, and give them the permissions. Okay, and then I can, you know, I can track uh, what's there. Um, yeah. All right, fantastic. So the last question, the question I like to ask all of my guests as people who have been listening to the show know is a question about uh, how we can help developers uh, in terms of security. So what are some of the uh, let's say one or two simple practices that developers could use today um, to be more secure and keep more security best practices, but also not uh, add too much extra work to their daily um, daily life cycle. Well, um, I pretty much said it before, but I think it's it's worth worth you know worth uh, mentioning it again. Um, there are many you know, plugins in Visual Studio Code. Again, depends on your ID, but I, I'm, you know, I'm with that. I'm Visual Studio Code and it's, and it's great, but there are a lot of plugins, okay, also ours, but we won't talk about it. That checks, that checks, you know, the, um, your status, okay? When you're compiling, you don't need, you know, don't, you're compiling anyway, okay? So you have the syntax error. Now you'll have just the security issues also with those errors. So. I think it's you know timeless regarding the the um, the developer and and that's one thing. Like the other one is gators in the pipeline. Okay, I think the the every developer DevOps. Okay, depends on your role. Um, should know the pipeline that's going to development, even not production. Okay, we're going on CI CD, right? But you need to know the exact pipeline and to know where to enter the specific gates, okay? Okay, before I'm uploading to, before I'm creating the image, okay, I need to check if I'm security, okay. Let's say that. If not, fail the pipeline. Then it's, you know, you're getting um, an alert in Slack and no one will, you know, ditch that, okay? So I think those two are time less consumers, okay, than, uh, all other things, I think it's very meaningful. You don't need to go on and enter, you know, uh, things you don't want. Those two can can simplify developers' work and so add be more add, secure. Add, so add plugins and have manual checks uh, as well in your in your pipeline. Yeah, even not manual. You know, it's just a gator. You know, automatic gator. Okay, that says okay. If you're above that, fail the pipeline, and then it automatically gives you a Slack notification or something, you know, whatever you're using, and and that's it. Okay, so I have a problem, security problem in my pipeline. I have to go back to the code and see where the problem is. Okay, it says to me where the problem is. Okay, it's not just on the end. So, so yeah, those two are, again, I think it's it's meaningful and it's very easy to implement. Okay, you are compiling, no matter what. Okay, you're building the pipe, no matter what. It will fail or it will pass, no matter what. So another step 
it, it's crucial for this process. Absolutely. Rotem, thank you so much for your time. This was a, a great episode. I think that anyone listening can learn a lot about just basic practices they can put in place uh, to ensure their Kubernetes configurations are done as uh, securely as possible. Uh, so thank you so much for your time. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, speak to you again soon. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>